Hi, my name is Esther, and today we're going to be talking about the time-traveling soldier who popped into our world line just long enough to make us all wonder if time travel is indeed possible. Keep listening to find out what the hell happens. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I am here today with the transformative Mr. Lockwood. Hello, Esther. Hi. Nothing to say. Happy New Year. Nothing to say about the word I called you? Transformative? Yeah. I am currently molting. (laughs) I just meant that we're in a new year and you have transformed and you transform people. It's causing or able to cause an important and lasting change in someone or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You, you don't like transformative. Guilty is charged. Okay, well, see, it was fitting. You just didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't. <laughs> Stinker. I guess I'll try harder next time. <laughs> Damn it. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, We are so glad all of you could meet us here in the future, the year 2022. Yes, the time traveling was a bit rocky, you know? Uh, uh, We hit some turbulence on the way. Mm -hmm. It made me nauseous. But we made it. Mm -hmm. Only threw up once. (laughs) You know, the first time you do anything, you're lucky if it works at all. So I think in this case, with time traveling and, you know, the very high energies involved, we're lucky to be alive. I can't say it was a great experience. But it worked. We're here. Next time we'll be smoother. We may be down a few particles, but we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we hope you all had a safe and happy Christmas and New Year. I know we did. We ate a lot of food a couple times on Christmas Day. We ate a lot more than a couple times. (laughs) We ate all day pretty much. I guess that's what we consider a good Christmas. Mm But we do just have a couple of items to go over before getting started with our first story of 2022. We do? We do. We have a little um, little updates, little house cleaning to do. So we're going to get that out of the way real quick, and then we're going to dive right into this magical episode. I had to go to the future and come back, and then go back in time, and then come back again to get to this story. It seems like I've been trying to get to this story for... A long, long time. At least in my timeline. Yeah. To you, it just looked like no time passed. No, because, yeah, we'll get we'll get there. But what's cool is like in the future to where I went, you'll see me pop up as <laughs> I am today for like a little bit and then disappear again. Ah. And then it'll all come together. It'll all make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's do our house cleaning real quick. House cleaning. House cleaning. <sighs> So um, I just wanted to let everybody know that Disappearance Dive Bar's first episode dropped today as well as this new episode for What the Hell Happened. All right. Cool. Yeah. So if you're interested in a more serious podcast that involves a look at people who disappear from bars, nightclubs, and parties, make sure you check that out. You can listen on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a case suggestion that you would like to submit or a story of your own that involves a night out that could have gone horribly wrong, you can email those to disappearancedivebar at gmail.com. Yes, and you should. You never know, especially if it's like a a mystery in your personal life. Mm -hmm. What happens if uh, 
the story gets aired, someone that also sort of knows tangentially has a little piece of information. You may be able to help Maybe them. we can help. Yeah. That would be neat. Maybe you have an experience that could help someone else yes. from being in a horrible situation. Yes, I know. I certainly avoided a lot of problems in my life by learning from others. Yes. Horrific stories. Yes. So if you have something like that you'd like to share, you can email Disappearance Dive Bar with that. The next thing I want to talk about is in our last episode of 2021, I told you a little bit about a collection of vintage fate magazines that we were fortunate enough to acquire. Another shout out to Robert for hooking us up and giving us some background on the lady whose collection that we ended up with. Yes, it's like perfect fit for this. It really is. This podcast. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to share that with you guys now. Uh, We thought since if you're listening to this podcast full of weird stuff, you may like this quick little backstory we have on our our cool magazine collection. So, The woman who had previously owned our collection, her name was Irene, born in 1915, and she was raised in Latvia. This was right during World War I. She was in the first generation of Latvia that was able to pursue a higher education. Not only was she the only female student in the chemistry department, she was first in her class. She graduated from the University of Latvia with a master's in chemical engineering. Just two days after her graduation in June of 1940, the Red Army invaded her home country and forced Latvia to join the Soviet Union. Dun, dun, dun. In order to escape being deported to Siberia, Irene and her mother fled to Nazi Germany as refugees. Talk about being between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I mean, how do you pick where to go? Uh, The lesser of two evils? Yeah, it's pretty wild. (laughs) In her later years, she published a book called Fire Burn, which is compiled from a diary that she kept during her time in Germany. It is currently available on Amazon, and I will leave a link for it in the show notes. And I'm probably going to purchase that one because I'd like to read that since we own her, her magazines. In 1946, she met her husband, who was a civil engineer, who was engaged in a survey of German scientists. He served in the U.S. war effort and worked alongside Albert Einstein on the atomic bomb project. The pair moved to Massachusetts in 1949, where they had three daughters and continued their careers. Irene's husband was a professor at the University of Massachusetts, and Irene taught physics at Smith College, after which she worked as a research chemist at Johnson & Johnson. While at MassU, she attained her second master's degree in German literature at the age of 60. I like that. I think that's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Smart lady. After she retired, she continued to travel around the world, speak publicly, and work on her book. She passed away in 2013, but before doing so, donated her book collection to Robert, who at the time owned an indie bookstore and whose mother happened to be involved in the same church as Irene. 
I just on a whim emailed Robert about the name on the cover of the digest after I had gotten them from him. And I never expected the backstory of this woman to be what it was. But boy, was I glad I asked. (laughs) What a fascinating life Irene had and what an inspiring person she was and is. I am honored to have her collection of strange true stories to add uh-huh. to mine. And she was a weirdo too. Because <laughs> like she that. read lots the kinds of weird of stuff. stuff you do. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. a little kindred to this lady, <laughs> except for all the smart things. <laughs> Just the weird things. Mr. Lockwood and I love a good history on things, and we hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did, especially because now we get to torture you all with the fun stories from her collection. Mm-hmm. And me. I will be tortured as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, I may torture you by making you read some of them. <laughs> I don't even know what a fate magazine is yet. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I saw them laying around, but mm-hmm. I haven't really looked. You're not that excited. I'm skeptical. Mm. Oh, well, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, they're all true stories, but we'll see. Well, I'm sure they are. Would you like to hear a story? Not only would I like to hear a story, but I would like to hear this story. This story actually uh, is so much more than I anticipated that we are going to do it in two parts, which we have never done. We're going to do half of the story this week and half next Monday in the next episode. You already know, Mr. Lockwood, some about this story because you're the one that suggested it for our first episode of 2022. At one point in time, I knew a lot more about it, but it's been a long time since I've read up on it. I read all of the stuff when I was a young man, and I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, not quite as it was happening, but shortly no, after but it happened. not very long after. Right. And... uh I think it was kind of the sensation on the internet at the time, at least the underbelly of the internet, which is where I used to be and still am. It was one of the more fascinating things that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. But since, I've forgotten almost all of it. Oh, how fortunate for me. Yeah. So (laughs) it'll be neat to have a a fresh take on it. I didn't think there was that much to it, but boy, was I wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Morpheus stood in front of you, (laughs) told you about how deep the rabbit hole went. The rabbit hole is deep, Neo. (laughs) And Esther, she took the red pill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went all the way in, which is why it's in two parts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if we recorded this all in one go, it would be five hours long. I I have a binder of her research in front of me, and it weighs a good four pounds. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. The printer was like crying. Working overtime. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But now we can store this away in case the internet fails or dies or disappears. (laughs) We've got proof that it once existed. So hit us up if you need that someday. All right. But we haven't said what this story is about, so I'm sure everybody is very excited to hear. I don't think we should. Just keep it a mystery the whole time. Yeah. Well, this whole first part will be a little bit of a mystery. So today we are going to be talking about the time-traveling soldier who popped into our world line just long enough to make us all wonder if time travel is indeed possible. It is. We just, we, we do it all the time. Shh, don't tell anybody. God, you're always giving away our secrets. Our story today starts with a man named Art Bell, who was the host of a popular late-night paranormal radio show called Coast to Coast AM. 
The show ran from 1988 to 2000. And here is a picture of Art Bell. He's awesome. He has to be who the smoking man is based on <laughs> he's, from X-Files. He's smoking. Like, he's smoking, he's but he's got the smoking. exact expression and look. He, he's a badass. Look at him. I know. Yeah, he's got kind of like the, um, he's got glasses on, but they're, are they like aviator glasses? But they're not mirrored. They're yeah, just they're clear just, glasses, yeah. but they're that frame style. And he's got a sweet mustache, no beard, and he's just got like a black turtleneck on, and he's smoking a cigar. And let me tell you, you what, know, he is serious. He looks like a beatnik, kind of. He looks like a CIA agent that is trying to look like a beatnik. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I should have tried to find more pictures of him. I wonder if he's smoking in every picture. I have a feeling he's smoking in a lot of pictures. I bet he is. Because it's not illegal to smoke in pictures. <laughs> uh, well, then that was the thing to do if you're on radio. That's right. Well, yeah, because nobody cares. Got to right? pass the time. That's right. So that is Art Bell. Art had a segment on his show where he would allow people to call in who claimed to be time travelers and would give them a few minutes of airtime to describe their experiences. Like that was the whole bit? Like you're a time traveler, call in and tell me about your story? Uh-huh. That was wasn't yep. like any other variety than that. Nope, that was he, that was it. But he got some good ones and probably some really yeah. bad ones too. I would love to put out there like if you're a time traveler, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> Send us an email. We don't respond to calls. <laughs> We're not giving out our phone numbers. We don't have phones. No. Nope. Don't need them. We have email. Because we're from 1997. That's right. <laughs> Before, well, we when have... email was the thing. That's right, and no cell phones yeah. were were widely available. Yeah, and the landlines was tied up because the modem was on it all the time. <laughs> yeah. At least at my house. Right. Yeah. On July 29th, 1998, Art received a fax from one such person claiming to be a time traveler. Art read the facts on air. Dear Art, I had the facts when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 AD. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained Singularity Engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To get back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are 1. You meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. 2. You can alter history 
in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. The oldest one was a skyscraper that wasn't built in a near favorite store of mine in New York. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engine so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Everyone who has ever been there has reported, has reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 2564. It appears the line went bad around the year 2000. I'm here now, in this time, to test a few theories of mine before going forward. Now, for the future, you might want to know about. 1. Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. 2. The government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. 3. A power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. 4. A few years later, communal government system is developed after the Constitution takes a few twists. China retakes Taiwan. Israel wins the largest battle for their life and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Mark, the reason I'm here now is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war with Israel might have something to do with the damaged timeline. I will test that theory and get back to you. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. So I couldn't resist. I thought that was quite a good fax there. It's 1998. The Y2K thing was real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was actually not real at all. We lived it. Completely not real. Mm-mm. But, man, they were just like, they had everyone all freaked out. Yeah. They thought the whole world was going to grind to a halt. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When the time traveler wrote in and said about Y2K people freezing in their cars in the highway, yeah. trying to get to warmer climates. That one I don't get. I don't get that at all. Well, it was because things were increasingly run by computers, including banking systems. You know, power station, everything was starting was run by computers. The way they kept track of time back then 
it was the number of bits that they were using to track time in the computers was much less than we use now. And basically, the year 2000 was when the clock would roll over. Right. Because it was invented in like the 60s or 70s, Unix. Right. And they didn't have enough precision. So they just, it would just roll over. But people wrote code that just assumed that wouldn't happen because they never thought that it would happen when that code was running. But it turns out that code was apparently well written enough that it just kept being used. Okay. So the news went crazy. Oh, all the computers are going to break. The stations are going to, power is going to go out and the banks are going to shut off. And see, that's what everything's going to stop working and everyone's going to die. Well, and that's, that was the whole thing. Yeah. Everybody was going to die. But like on my end of the world, apparently a couple towns away from your end of the world, it was more like the machines are going to go crazy and kill us all. What machines? I don't like fucking toasters <laughs> and shit. Oh wow, you guys! <laughs> we went That's for it. That's interesting. We went for it. <laughs> well, cars will quit working. You know, they got right. everything. Or you'll get out and they'll run your ass over. Okay, so like, I would maybe my perspective is a little different because even then I had you know knowledge. quite a bit of knowledge about computers. Yes, not not like I do now, but certainly more than the average person. Right. Probably back, more than me. Probably back then, the apparent difference of my knowledge versus the average person was much greater, right. even though I knew a lot less about you computers mean like then. Banks closing down and yeah. toasters eating. Because you know? people were so much less computer literate then than they are now. Um, I thought it was interesting that he claims that every time somebody goes forward in time, they get to what, 25? Uh, 25 the furthest forward they can get 2564 right and then there's just nothing. for some reason they just can't get past it right but they thought that y2k was the reason well yeah if that is indeed true we need this time traveler to come back and tell us that it didn't happen because y2k didn't well, actually happen he didn't well here's the thing y2k happened sure, the year okay. of the yeah. year 2000 well yeah now, we're just assuming that it was the Y2K bug. Okay, this guy's technically minded based on what he's saying here. He definitely yeah. has some knowledge yeah. about... The thing is, is, even in this time, it was like all the COBOL programmers in the world, yeah. which their programs were written, they were like dredging them all up to fix the problem. And they're all like, it'll be all right. It'll be fine. Yeah, we can yeah. fix it. Everybody's crazy. And so, meanwhile, the news is like, oh, my God, the sky's going to fall. And they're all like, no, it's fine. It's gonna, it'll be all right. My hell times have not changed. And, then, <laughs> and I just remember, like, even I was, like, freaked out. I was very young. And it was well, just, yeah. like, watching the, the ball drop. And I'm like, oh, here it comes. Three, two. I just expected, like, yeah. I think everybody everything was would just shut off. Quietly watching. Yeah, and it was so suspense. foolish because it's like, yeah. Hey, New Year! And it's like nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing happened I, at all. I remember that. Yeah. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to, to put this into some perspective as far as our age is concerned, <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I graduated high school in the year 2000. Yeah, I was 19, so. Right. Any, anything else about well, that one? Well, my point was is that, okay, so the Y2K bugs didn't hit, but we don't know what else happened in the year 2000 that could have led you know, maybe we won't find out for a few more years. Right. And then someday we'll be like, oh, my God, that was 2000 when that, that thing led to happened. That. Right. 
there's probably a million things we could look at that happened in 2000 right. that we could go, maybe that was it. Yeah. Maybe that was the trigger. If only we had the technology to go forward in time to where the wall is yeah. in order to see if the wall is there. I still. think we should ask Ashton Kutcher hmm. because this is a butterfly effect system here mm. that we're talking about. And we really need to. We need him. We need him to tell us what we're going to pull. What could in. have started. Yeah. Which flap of which wing mm. in what direction. I just really want you to say, call me Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> no. Give me a call. <laughs> There's a seven degrees of Kevin Bacon with Ashton Kutcher. My and, cousin. And the story? My cousin or, worked oh, with his dad oh, you. at a factory. Wait, he did? Yeah, in like Iowa or something. So oh. we could, if we really, really, really we wanted to reach out like, get through to him, we possibly could yeah. get a message, but I doubt that he would. You don't think What's he, up, dude? You don't think he'd call up? I don't think he would. No. Hey, maybe maybe he'll be a fan of the show, and then he'll be like, "Yeah, hey, <laughs> I don't. I think can tell so. you what went wrong in the year 2000. <laughs> could tell you what went wrong with this. Podcast. It was that 70s show. <laughs> That's what started the whole thing. Oh my God! It all circles back to Ashton Kutcher. That's amazing. I don't know how you put that together. This is why you're here. <laughs> that makes no you fucking sense. You might just cut the whole thing. I don't know. No, I think I believe it. <laughs> All right. Anything else about that? The, you know, the singularities, maybe we'll address some more technical issues on that later. Yes. Yes. We have much, but, much more. Yes. Okay. All so, right. I mean, on first glance, when I listen to this, I'm like, eh. you know, in hindsight, it's completely, obviously, kind of bunky. But yeah. at the time, it would have been quite good storytelling. I like this because... Art Bell is asking for time travelers to call in. Well, I don't know that he normally got a lot of faxes. I think they called in and talked, right. you know, because they wanted their moment yeah. of airtime. The one, you know, or the couple of faxes he does get, then the sky faxes, like you said, he seems very intelligent. He's using words that most people who might just make up a story. Well, the writing on the faxes very very tight it's, it's good right and you could you could assume that maybe whoever sent this was some kind of scientist or knew a lot about computers or whatever but why would they be spending time writing into the show you know so i thought that yeah. that was pretty it's going to be tough for me to be skeptical because this story has a little hole in my heart you have a hole in your heart yeah from this story oh well, I don't know if it's You whole. mean you've got a place in your oh, heart. Oh, a place. Is that what that's called? <laughs> Not a oh. hole. <laughs> I think those are two very different oh. things. So, it, But I want to be skeptical about this. I'm listening to it. But then I can just pick apart like, well, you know, maybe it wasn't the, the Y2K bug. Right. I, I still know? just don't understand. Like, would your car stop on the highway and you freeze to death? Like, is that what he was well, saying? Well, it's probably if... And that's... So this is why he is probably lo- alluding to Y2K. So... It didn't happen, but that everyone's trying to leave the north because there's no power. Oh. You can't live in, no, you know, not Minnesota. You can't live in well, Ohio. Well, you can in the with winter. wood, but not everyone can. So, there's not that much wood. Okay, right. So without electricity, you would be leaving. Right. And then if everyone left at once, you would not be getting out of there. No. We'd have to burn the furniture, yeah. and then I would cry. Your car would run out of gas, and yeah. then you would freeze to death. My car wouldn't. i never go anywhere. Unless you were me, because I know how to live in the winter. <laughs> You're a wild Outside. man. Outside. All right. Let's get back into this. It's called coats. 
<laughs> and boots. <laughs> they work pretty good. Um, yeah, they do. Good observation. <laughs> so glad you're with me. Oh, man. All right. So Art received another fax later that year, seemingly from the same man, shortly before the show went off air. That fax read, All right. I wanted to read you something as I received it. It's from a time traveler. Dear Mr. Bell, I'm glad you're back. I faxed this information to you the day before you left the air. I wanted to make sure it wasn't lost in the shuffle, so I'm sending a gift. If you've already seen this, please accept my apologies. If you choose to make this public, please do not publish the fax number. I had to fax when I heard the other time traveler calling in from the recent time past, in fact, the year 2500 AD. Let me explain, Mr. Bell. I sent a fax with this opening on July 29, 1998. As I said then, I am a time traveler. I have been on this world line since April of this year and I plan to leave soon. Typically, time travelers do not purposely affect the world lines they visit. However, this mission is unusually long, and I've grown attached to some of the people I have met here. Anyway, for my own reasons, I have decided to help the world line by sharing information about the future with a few people in the hope that it will help their future. I am contacting you for the same reason. Unfortunately, there is no historical reference to your program and my world line. Some of the information presented on your program may be invaluable to upline researchers. I suggest you isolate the programs that concentrate on military technology and new physics theories. Transcribe these programs and put them someplace safe away from the box. I recommend someplace in the Midwest. I also urge you to reconsider your paranoia to the Russians. They are not preparing for war with the average US citizen. They were preparing for war with the US government. They will eventually save the country and the lives of millions of Americans. I realize my claims are a bit difficult to accept, so I will send the following once I know you have received this fax. A few pages from the operations manual of my time machine, and a few colored photographs of my vehicle. If you wish to contact me, I will be happy to share with you the nature of time, the physics of time travel, and some of the events of your future. No name was given along with these faxes. At the time, they seemed to be somewhat more detailed than most of the other callers' stories. For the most part, they were filed in with the rest of the people looking to have some fun and get a few minutes of airtime. A little over two years later, on November 2nd, 2000, a series of posts were made on the Time Travel Institute forum with a similar backstory to the faxes that Art Bell had received in 1998. The poster's handle was simply, Time Travel Zero. Uh, I was not aware of these faxes at the time. I know. Because I was just on the forums. It was a surprise. Yeah. And I wasn't even on the forums as it was happening. It just, I found it at one point, probably on Usenet. Yeah. Well, I think... And it was all kind of packaged up i think for most people what happened was like like i said 
these faxes just kind of got put into the into the pile of time travel stories that Art acquired. And then later, after all these chats happened, somebody related it back to these because the storylines were similar. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, that could just be because somebody heard it and then two years later continued it. But I we'll, suppose. Get, we'll get into that. But yeah, so it's interesting how it kind of ties back. But I consider this the actual beginning of the story. I, would the think, I think it's, it makes it kind of cooler to me. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Art Bell is a very cool-looking dude. He is a weird guy. I wish I... I actually wish I'd have been around to listen to him. Yeah, it would have been kind of entertaining. I was around, but I didn't know of him then. Probably better than listening to Rush Limbaugh. (laughs) Maybe a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) Time Traveler Zero's first post read, Greetings. I am a time traveler from the year 2036. I am on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. My time machine is a stationary mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. The unit is powered by two top-spin dual-positive singularities that produce a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. I will be happy to post pictures of the unit. Hmm. Yeah. After this initial chat comment, people started to ask Time Travel Zero questions about his world line, 2036, and the time machine that brought him here. Time Travel Zero was happy to answer questions the best he could. So I have about 160 printed pages of chats. (laughs) And we're going to read them all. (laughs) I told you it was going to be long. And because it would be impossible to read them all, we have plucked out some of the more relevant um, Q&A sections. Uh, if you would like to read them all, I will drop a link to them in the show notes. Feel free. Your mind will explode as mine did. But we're just going to read some of the ones that are more relevant. Here are the more informational chats from 2000. November 4th, 2000. What does traveling in time look like? The unit has a ramp-up time after the destination coordinates are fed into the computers. An audible alarm and a small light start a short countdown, at which point you should be secured in a seat. The gravity field generated by the unit overtakes you very quickly. You feel a tug toward the unit, similar to rising quickly in an elevator, and it continues to rise based on the power setting the unit is working under. At 100% power, The constant pull of gravity can be as high as 2 Gs or more depending on how close you are to the unit. There are no serious side effects, but I try to avoid eating before a flight. No bright flash of light is seen. Outside, the vehicle appears to accelerate as the light is bent around it. We have to wear sunglasses or close our eyes as this happens due to a short burst of ultraviolet radiation. Personally, I think it looks like you're driving under a rainbow. After that, It appears to fade to black and remains totally black until the unit is turned off. We are advised to keep the windows closed as a great deal of heat builds up outside the car. The gravity field also traps a small air pocket around the car that acts as your only O2 supply unless you bring compressed air with you. This pocket will only last for a short period and a carbon sensor tells us when it's too dangerous. The C204 unit 
is accurate from 50 to 60 years a jump and travels at about 10 years an hour at 100% power. You do hear a slight hum as the unit operates and when the power changes or the unit turns off. This is a great deal of electrical crackling noise from static electricity. What are your memories of 2036? I remember 2036 very clearly. It is difficult to describe 2036 in detail without spending a great deal of time explaining why things are so different. In 2036, I live in Central Florida with my family and I'm currently stationed at an army base in Tampa. A world war in 2015 killed nearly 3 billion people. The people that survived grew closer together. Life is centered on the family and then the community. I cannot imagine living even a few hundred miles away from my parents. There is no large industrial complex creating masses of useless food and recreational items. Food and livestock is grown and sold locally. People spend much more time reading and talking together face to face. Religion is taken seriously and everyone can multiply and divide in their heads. If you met yourself on another world line, what would happen? It has always surprised me why that concept is so hard for people to imagine and accept. Nothing would happen. The universe would not end and there are no paradox problems that threaten existence. Temporal space-time is made up of every possible quantum state. The Everett-Wheeler model is correct. I have met and or seen myself twice on different world lines. The first was a training mission and the second is now. I was born in 1998, so the other me is two on the world line. There is a saying where I come from. Every possible thing that can happen or will happen has already happened somewhere. How is our world line different from yours? For starters, the fact I'm here makes it different. I've also noticed little things like news events that happen at different times, football games won by other teams, things like that. I would guess the temporal divergence between this world line and my original is about 1 or 2%. Of course, the longer I'm here, the larger that divergence becomes from my point of view. Does your machine allow you to control time travel? Yes, it can be controlled. However, the distortion unit has operational limits. Imagine your path through time is through a cone. The farther away from the center of the cone, the more differences you will see in the world line. The C204 begins to break away at about 60 years. This means the level of confidence drops rapidly after 60 years of travel and the world line divergence increases. In other words, if I wanted to go back 2,000 years and meet Christ, there is a better than average chance I would end up on a world line where he was never born. The computer unit and gravity sensors record your trip and you are quite easily able to return to your point of origin. I am aware that research is being done on faster units with more accurate clocks. I imagine that they will be able to go back further with a higher degree of divergence confidence. What is the largest technical problem when traveling in time? The hard part of traveling through time is not the bending of gravity, but the plotting of your course and holding to the basic position in your environment. This is done through a system called VGL, Variable Gravity Lock. Basically, the unit takes a reading of the local gravity and samples it during the trip in pulses. If the gravity is too far off, the unit stops or reverses itself to the last sample period where the readings were correct. If there is some sort of failure, the unit shuts down and drops out to wherever you may be. Are there any physical effects from the machine?
The only real physical trace is a large chunk of ground missing from the point of origin and a large pile of dirt at the destination. The gravity field surrounds a small portion of the earth under you and takes it along for the ride. There is really no way around this. November 7th, 2000 Life is much more rural in the future, but high technology is used to communicate and travel. People raise a great deal of their own food and do more farm work. Yes, compared to now, we do work long hours. After the war, my father made a living selling oranges up and down the west coast of Florida. My closest friends raises horses and another works for a company that maintains wireless internet nodes. There is a civil war in the United States that starts in 2005. That conflict flares up and down for 10 years. In 2015, Russia launches a nuclear strike against the major cities in the United States, which is the other side of the civil war from my perspective, China and Europe. The United States counterattacks. The U.S. cities are destroyed along with AFE, American Federal Empire, thus we, in the country, won. The European Union and China were also destroyed. Russia is now our largest standing partner, and the capital of the U.S. was moved to Omaha, Nebraska. No new information there on UFOs and aliens. I find that an interesting subject myself. Personally, I think UFOs might be time travelers with very sophisticated distortion units, but that might be a bit wacky. One of the biggest reasons why food production is localized is because the environment is affected with disease and radiation. We are making huge strides in getting it cleaned up. Water is produced on a community level and we do eat meat that we raise ourselves. Yes, genetic engineering is used, but it's like any other technology. It can be good and bad. One thing we did not do was create more hybrid seeds. What are people thinking? What future technologies can we look forward to? I hesitate to answer, but I'll give it a bit. Hydrogen fuel cells and more efficient solar cells are big deals. Computer technology and software get much better. Yes, we have phones, but the service is through the web. Most power generation is localized. It amazes me how much power is wasted now. Yes, solar is big. There is thought that a singularity generator could also be used, but most people are against it. Far less medical treatment in the future, even though it's more advanced. People die when they know it's time to die. No lasers, genetic medicine, and cloning organs are the obvious new techs in the future. The Constitution was changed after the war. We have five presidents that are voted in and out on different term periods. The vice president is the president of the Senate, and they are voted separately. November 8th, 2000. Can you explain what the purpose of time travel is on your world line? In 2036, a great deal of effort is going into repairing our environment. I was sent to 1975 to get a computer system and take it back to 2036. Time travel is not a secret in 2036, and I expect it will become more common. What type of vehicle will you get to go back in since you sold the other car? It's a 1987 four-wheel drive. The vehicle needs a strong suspension system to handle the weight of the distortion unit. Are you able to take other people with you when traveling in time? Yes. November 11th, 2000. If you change cars, do you have to readjust the time machine?
Yes, but it's a function of the VGL system. A gravity baseline is taken and rechecked every time the unit is used. A new vehicle would alter the gravity signature. November 11, 2000. Are you here now to observe the results of the presidential election? I would use the word elections a bit cautiously. Perhaps it's easier now to see a civil war in your future. November 12, 2000. Do you worry about anything happening to the people that help you here? What if someone tries to build a time machine based on what you've said? Yes, I have considered it, but it's very easy to remain hidden behind a veil of disbelief. The people who understand what they are seeing are not aggressive. Everyone else just finds them entertaining. The obvious first answer is that the only world line of consequence is my own, and I don't care what happens here. That, however, is not the case. I have shown these documents in order that people might consider the possibility. I do not expect people to believe them. Did your commander authorize you to post this information, or is it something you just did on your own? I am here for personal reasons. For a few months now, I have been trying to alert anyone that would listen to the possibility of a civil war in the United States in 2005. Does that seem more likely now? Actually, it's quite amazing to see what's happening. I've been trying to get people to pay attention for the last few months, but to see it unfold is very interesting. Before I leave, I'll try and post my report. I want to believe you. In order for me to do that, I need a prediction that comes true right now. I appreciate the position you are in, but you must realize that I am not affected in the least if you believe me or not. November 15th, 2000. Why did you go to 1975? The first leg of my trip was from 2036 to 1975. After two VGL checks, the divergence was estimated at about 2.5%, from my 2036, that is. I was sent to get an IBM computer system called the 5100. It was one of the first portable computers made, and it has the ability to read the older IBM programming languages in addition to APL and BASIC. We need the system to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036. Unix has a problem in 2038. November 21st, 2000. Consider this. You are a time traveler who wishes to go back in time to 1941 because your grandparents lived close to Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. You realize you can't stop the war, but you may be able to help them prepare for it. Strangely, December 7th comes and goes with no sneak attack. As the war in Europe rages, as the war in Europe rages on, Japan fails to join the Axis power. There is no war in the Pacific, and the United States remains neutral. Then you watch as Germany begins to develop the atomic bomb, all by themselves. For a change, I have a question for all of you. I want you to think very hard. What major disaster was expected and prepared for in the last year and a half that never happened? As far as war goes, I have faith you are quite capable of starting one all by yourself. I am hard-pressed to accept any criticism on my outlook on the, that subject. Growing up might have been a vastly different experience for me than it was for most of you. Personal responsibility and determination, honor, friendship, and self-reliance are not just words we try to live up to or fantasize about. I imagine the, really, the real TTZ was 
like eating Cheetos and <laughs> like, down his shirt, guzzling out of the two liter and like drinking Coke. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a basement dweller. Yeah. Mountain Dew blue or whatever. Wasn't that big then? Oh, I don't know. Some weird fucking. Yeah. It's gross. All right. Mountain Berry. <laughs> I was Mountain Berry. Was it Mountain yeah. Berry? Yeah. <laughs> fucking think so oh that stuff was bad oh, man i lost a lot of respect for this guy <laughs> all right on my world line life is not easy we live in a world recovering from years of war poison destruction and hate all of it courtesy of the thinking and actions of people that live right now in the same world you do worrying about which stocks to buy or whether or not a stranger is lying to them on the internet i believe the hardship and challenge develop character and community My first experience with war came when I joined a shotgun infantry unit at the age of 13. In the four years I served as a rebel, I watched hundreds of people get shot, burnt, and bleed to death. I know exactly where I was and every detail of the exact moment the first nuclear warheads began falling on Jacksonville. I know the pain and regret of not acting soon enough to enjoy a relationship as a loved one dies of brain cancer from a war that gained nothing. How can you possibly criticize me for any conflict that comes to you? I watch every day what you are doing as a society. While you sit and watch your constitution being torn away from you, you willfully eat poisoned food, buy manufactured products no one needs, and turn an uncaring eye away from millions of people suffering and dying all around you. Is this the universal law you subscribe to? Perhaps I should let you all in on a little secret. No one likes you in the future. This time period is looked at as being full of lazy, self-centered, civically ignorant sheep. Perhaps you should be less concerned about me and more concerned about that. Boom. That's a fucking mic drop right there. (laughs) I, I, so as I was reading this, how relevant is some of this stuff to what we're experiencing today? Well, it kind of is. How much of that was a prediction of the zeitgeist of the times? Because that's sort of like the going theme right now, isn't it? It really is. Maybe Time Traveler Zero is back. (laughs) TTZ? Yeah, maybe he's here right now. It's me. Oh my god. Onward. (laughs) Do you wear a uniform? I wear a standard civilian service uniform during instruction and training. It's sort of a cross between an army uniform and overalls. We do have a quartermaster who distributes clothing appropriate to wherever we are going. There is a patch. It is round and has a graphic of a curved singularity. Sort of looks like an eye with the gravity waves around it. With two spiral paths running through the center. One path represents the safe way and the other is the path to God. The bottom of the patch has my unit number along with temporal recon printed on it. However... We remove any identification and patches before we go anywhere. November 25th, 2000. On my world line, it is known that the 5100 series is capable of reading all the IBM code written before the widespread use of APL and BASIC. Unfortunately, there are none left that anyone can find on my world line. I like the incredible freedom you have in this world line, but I see it as a trap and I fear the cost is the loss of your sense of connection with family and community. Yes, you can self-actualize your ambitions, but at what cost to the people around you or yet to be born? The incredible availability of art, literature, and limitless resources is hardly taken advantage of as I imagine the number of people sitting in front of their TVs.
if this guy only knew about Twitter and yeah. Facebook. Oh, man, he'd be pumping on some tweets. He'd be, like, bleeding from his eyes. Oh, I He'd th- be, in, like, so raged out. Oh, he would be super raged, but also he'd be tweeting a lot, I, I feel like. Yes, he would be, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd be kind of a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be really good at tweeting. I mean, he's got a lot this to This is say. like tweeting. This is basically what yes. people tweet. Your 2000 tweeting. They just chopped up this guy's freaking Usenet posts, and now they tweet it. <laughs> Pretty much. Except it's like politicians and shit tweeting yeah. it. That's really weird, too. And they don't know where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not tried any fast food. Are you kidding me? Taco Bell, man. When the whole world gets nuked, I mean, I don't eat Taco Bell all the time, but you can't tell me you wouldn't be like, you know what? Instead of eating these weird mutated tomatoes, like chopped up with like hot dog shaped onions, some Taco Bell would really hit the spot right now. After you had an acetone drink to get drunk. (laughs) <laughs> it just drank fuel out of that car let's go get you some you turn tacos. blind a little bit it's <laughs> yeah. only lasts for like 25 minutes i don't need to see where i'm going it's good just get me to taco bell <laughs> and the best part is you don't wake up till well after the hangover's passed right. <laughs> no i have not tried any fast food thinking about where the food came from how it was shipped and treated absolutely terrifies me I've tried to tell people about CJD disease, and it seems to be catching on in Europe. Can you tell us the foods that are unsafe now? Is there anything we can do to prepare for the war you are describing? I tried to consolidate your questions into a basic list. I hope this helps. 1. Do not eat or use products from any animal that is fed and eats parts of its own dead. Duh, everyone knows that. 2. Do not kiss or have intimate relations with anyone you do not know. Not everyone knows that. <laughs> There's a whole trade based on that. Hmm. Yeah. I have a feeling that during his timeline, there was as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst advice. No, it's really not. It he certainly might... doesn't mean you can't get to know them first. Well, yeah. I would think. But I think what he's really saying here is like, don't get crabs. I mean, that would be, like, the most basic version of that. Like, herpes is bad. Don't get AIDS. Right. Three. Learn basic sanitation and water purification. Can you boil a pot of water? Yes. Then you will be fine. Great. Four. Be comfortable around firearms. Learn to shoot and clean a gun. Check. Couldn't agree more. Mm Mm-hmm. Five, get a good first aid kit and learn to use it. I use mine all the time. Uh, Make sure you got some super glue in there too. Yes. Six, find five people within 100 miles that you trust with your life and stay in contact with them. That could be challenging. Yeah, you don't like anybody. I think that could be challenging for anyone. You also don't trust anybody. (laughs) I do too. You trust me? I trust people. But I don't live 100 miles away. (laughs) Oh, but you wish I did. (laughs) I know what you were going to say. Seven, get a copy of the U.S. Constitution and read it. Get your pocket Constitution. I have one. We have one. I have one. I haven't read the whole thing, but I aim to. 
you know what? The first time I ever actually read it, I was like, these fucking guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were like nuts. Yeah, I feel like... Um, it's a really, really extreme document. Yes, it is extreme. It's like really extreme, which kind of is cool. Can't believe they got away with that. Right. And now we're all living Yeah, by... we probably should keep getting away. Well, we're not really anymore, but no. maybe we should kind of maybe get we're... back there a little bit. We I might... don't know. We might be dying by it. Eight. Eat less. Mm, nope. <laughs> See, I like to eat more until I can't eat more. And then, then I live less. off of what I ate before. Right. It's my body like, has a bank. It's called a yo-yo diet, yeah. my friend. <laughs> Nine. Get a bicycle and two sets of spare tires. Ride it 10 miles a week. That's a hard no. That would be a good thing to have in yeah. bad times. Yeah. Yeah. Are we getting some bikes? No. <laughs> well, I ain't riding one. You can get them, but I ain't riding it. 10. Consider what you would bring with you if you had to leave your home in 10 minutes and never return. My dog. Period. Yeah. I can put a backpack on him and make him carry things. I can eat him if I start starving. He can attack people. He cannot attack people. It's not his fault he's only (laughs) 9 inches tall. 8 pounds. (laughs) He's not. He's 27. (laughs) He's a big boy. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) you can't even look at me anymore i I hope i know i just felt like the collective cringe it was huge like it actually traveled from the future to now and hit me it was like a wave yes a wave of cringe yes well he's a good boy (laughs) what event started the war can it be stopped The war is a result of faulty politics and desperation from the Western leadership during the U.S. Civil War. Yes, I suppose you could stop it. Were biological or chemical weapons used in the war? Were any weapons used that affected people's minds? Yes, there were biological and chemical weapons used. No mind control weapons, but there are new non-lethal weapon systems that turn out to be quite lethal. What is the one thing you would want us to remember? Please, please wake up. Look at the signposts around you now. Earlier you spoke about the patch you wear on your uniform. You said the spirals represent two paths. One was safe and the other led to God. What does that mean? The safe way is the one calculated to take you in time where you want to go. The other path will take you to God death. Both are equally accepted and anticipated before each trip. Is there some sort of new world government in place by 2011? On my world line in 2011, the United States is in the middle of a civil war that has dramatic effects on most of the other Western governments. Earlier, you said something was wrong with the Unix computer code on your world line. What's wrong with it? Yes, and with yours too. I have to believe that there must be a Unix expert out there someplace that can confirm that. I'm not exactly sure what the technical issue is, but I believe some sort of Unix system registry stops in 2038. How far have computers and software progressed in 2036? 
Good question. I would say the biggest difference is in the reliability of the hardware and software. It absolutely amazes me how willing people are here to accept computer and software failures on such a regular basis. I was very surprised to see how prolific it is. You can thank Bill Gates for that. You can look forward to very stringent manufacturing parameters and programming discipline. Think back to the early days of computer and how much work and cleverness it took to fit those programs into such small areas of memory. Has more and cheaper memory brought better programs or just more programs? As far as technical specifics, I'm afraid I cannot go into too much detail. However, I will tell you that processor speed and memory size take dramatic leaps forward. I will post again as soon as I get a chance. So first of all, this is kind of funny because we're kind of, this is in the computer world. This is like the constant bitch of everyone because our computers are so much bigger and faster mm -hmm. by capability, that is. Definitely in the 90s, you remember like rebooting your computer every, I don't know, two hours? Because <laughs> in 1999 or 2000, I mean, we had what, Windows 98? Yeah. Yeah. We were working on Windows XP. <laughs> Oh, the XP. Do you remember Windows Vista? <laughs> uh, I remember it much better than most people. I know you do. I might or might not have worked on it. Oh, you definitely worked on it. He's Sorry, to, everyone. He's to blame for all the problems that are wrong with Windows. Anyway, the computers were so bad, like you had to reboot the damn things all the time. Or they'd blue screen or whatever, you know? It's like... Oh, yeah, the that blue screen of death. quite rarely now. And on phones, it's like almost never, unless mm -hmm. it's actually a hardware problem. Everyone's experienced, oh, my phone's rebooting for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's broke. It's crashing. It's not the software. Yeah. But anyway, so that's true. But that kind of stuff was obvious that that was going to be the way it was. Right. Yeah. So anybody with a little bit of intelligence with computers could have just said that. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these were kind of even sort of like the it's hard to know that maybe this was the influence or it was just kind of the, the standard line of thinking. December 10th, 2000. What type of money do you use in 2036? Bitcoin. <laughs> Dogecoin. Pretty sure if he had said that, I would be like, that's it. He's real. <laughs> like that is the nail in the coffin of yes, I believe. It's not very different than it is now. Yes, we have money and credit cards. However, like everything else, the monetary system is decentralized. Banking is based mostly around the community structure. There are no multinational banking or computerized economic systems. There are also no income taxes. Do you still have an American flag? What does it look like in 2036? Yes, we still have the flag. There's a debate about changing it from 50 stars to 5. Do any of the states have new names? Not that I can think of. No major cities anyway. I am aware that some small towns changed their names after the war, and most universities have the word fort before them on my world line. Don't you worry about our government finding you? Not really. In order to find me, they would have to believe time travel is possible. Is there any connection between you and the you that was here on this world line before you? What do your parents tell him about you? He calls me uncle. 
Yes, there is a connection. He feels like a younger brother. Sometimes I get mixed emotions watching him and realize I'm watching the origins of my personality. I tend to playfully criticize my father about that. December 13th, 2000. Well, it looks like the election is almost over. I've been quite busy in the last few days and I appreciate everyone's patience. I should be thanking you for listening and even if everything I've said before means nothing, I expect it has at least been entertaining. I went through the postings looking for questions I have not addressed yet. I hope I got to all of them. I get my email remotely through the about three different systems and I use one of your handheld computer units to write with. In a few days, I would like to send Pamela a list of questions my own. As you know, one of my areas of expertise is in history and the information I've gathered has been invaluable. Although I'm not leaving right away, I would like to include some of your thoughts in my report. I have a working IBM 5160 computer. Maybe I should stash it away for 30 years and see what happens. Toss it. The 5100 is the interesting machine. Does anything happen in the year 2012? I've heard stories about the world ending. In my 2012, I was 14 years old, spending most of my time living, running, and hiding in the woods and rivers of central Florida. The Civil War was in the seventh year, and the World War was three years away. Yes, there are unusual events in 2012, but they do not cause the world to end. Unfortunately, I've decided not to discuss events that you or I can do anything about. It is important that they be a surprise. Perhaps you are familiar with the story of the Red Sea and the Egyptians? If you could post a picture of money used in the future, that would be more impressive than your time machine pictures. I am disappointed that you feel I am trying to impress you. Why would I bring money from 2036 with me? Besides, isn't that something that could easily be faked? Now if I told you I was your cousin's brother and I knew about the scar on your left leg, that would convince you. December 30th, 2000. Greetings and happy holidays, everyone. I am very surprised and delighted to see the conversation going in the direction it has on this thread. Unknowingly, you all have stepped into the real mystery of time travel that remains speculative in 2036. Based on a couple of questions I see here, I will try my hardest to describe what we in 2036 think space-time looks like and how it behaves. Please keep in mind that I realize how easy it is to dismiss what I say. First, I'm trying to do this from memory. Imagine you are back in 1911 trying to explain a jet engine to the Wright brothers. However, there are some very basic properties of quantum theory that support this model today. I appreciate the fact that you are reading this with an open mind. Time could end at any moment without warning. Happy New Year, everyone! There are numerous experiments going on at CERN. In order for them to make a black hole, they would have to travel faster than the speed of light. I'm pretty sure they have a number of experiments going on at the same time at CERN. The one I'm referring to involves very high energies using protons. From my historical perspective on my world line, I do recall the issue was a point of contention about 18 months ago or so. There were some scientists who thought the experiments were too dangerous to try. 
The time travel I refer to does not require faster than light travel, and due to multiple world reality, paradoxes do not occur. Natural time machines do exist. You said you were confused by the 5100 story. I will explain further. In 2036, it was discovered, or at least known after testing, that the 5100 computer was capable of reading and changing all of the legacy code written by IBM before the release of that system and still be able to create new code in APL and BASIC. That is the reason we need it in 2036. However, IBM never published that information because it would have probably destroyed a large part of their business infrastructure in the early 70s. In fact, I would bet the engineers were probably told to keep their mouths shut. Therefore, if I were not here now telling you this, that information would not be discovered for another 36 years. Yet, I would bet there is someone out there who can do the research and discover I am telling the truth. There must be an old IBM engineer out there someplace that worked on the 5100. They just might not have ever asked if I hadn't pointed it out. I just wanted to give you a few more details on some of the things that Time Travel Zero talked about in his chats from November to December in 2000. Time Traveler Zero claims to be an American soldier from 2036 and is from Tampa, Florida. He was assigned to the governmental time travel project and sent back to 1975 to retrieve an IBM 5100 computer. He says that he needed it to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036. And here is a picture of that computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it sexy? Mm. No. Never had any experience with those. That was before my time. So looking at it now in depth, the screen is the size of a cell phone screen, and the whole rest of it is the computer mm -hmm. and keyboard. It was a portable computer. Yeah. it's. Uh, it was the world's first laptop. It's pretty, pretty bulky looking. And it looks like the case is steel, so that sucker has got some mass. Yeah, it's not made for light travel. It may be portable, but... Its introductory price was from eighty nine seventy five. that is 8000 Oh, my God. To $19,975. Oh. In 1975. Whoa. That's incredible. You know how much a car costs in 1975? Four grand. Yeah. <laughs> Five grand for a brand new car. Okay. Well... I was close. So that was four cars. Yeah. That's that's a, out of control. Yeah, that'd be like us paying $160,000 for a computer. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. That's just, that's bananas. So I do have a question for you. Um, what is What does legacy computer mean? Just old. Okay. No longer used or just no longer developed but it says that he needed to debug various older programs then i think what he's hinting at is that this computer could be used to basically manipulate and understand mainframe programs okay possibly like they're compiled and this could decompile them so that you could then understand the source code easier and okay then modify it to keep so he's basically implying that they're still using 
freaking COBOL. We're still, we our banks run on like mainframes and stuff from the same shit, old shit. COBOL is an older language than Fortran. Like a lot of stuff still runs on it. Those are legacy systems. Okay. Like we use them, we depend on them, but no one wants to work on them. So he's saying he's going to go back. He, he went back, got this computer because some part of it is going to help fix something well, that they have then. He's saying that he thinks he can plug it into them and then he can use that to like communicate with it. To debug something. To fix problems in the software. Yeah, I was just curious about something being that old, being able to fix something in the future. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. The idea, I think, is that the knowledge of how the programs are structured. You know, you see me, I write software. It's in like a higher level language. You can, it looks kind of like English. Mm, Yeah. Sort of. Mostly. Right? Yeah. Well, it looks a lot more like English than what the computer actually runs which is machine code right he then makes a pit stop in the year 1998 when he sends the faxes to the coast to coast show and then in 2000 to visit family members and prepare them for future events time traveler zero says that the him in our timeline is a toddler and his parents refer to his older self as uncle he says that he also is here to gather pictures that were destroyed in the war in his world line. Additionally, he claims that the idea that we all have about meeting ourselves in an alternate timeline is inaccurate. Well, he never saw Back to the Future, did he? I mean, he may have. He does have a time machine in the back of a car. Well, they <laughs> never had Back to the Future from his timeline, apparently, because that's why everyone thinks that, isn't it? I mean, it seems obvious that he, like, Back to the Future was already out when he even Yeah, but faxed, he may not have watched it. When he sent the faxes. Doesn't mean he watched it. Mm, it's suspicious. I mean, to what me. other, there's got to gotta me, be some other classic stories of the paradox of meeting yourself. But I think it's from, maybe at least in popular culture, it's got to be from Back to the Future. Mm, yeah. Right? I, I think this guy. Don't run into yourself. I think this guy's seen it. Yeah, I mean, that's where we all get it. Yeah. Like, yeah it's, so it's kind of like a it's little... It's a pop culture thing. He obviously knows that. Right. He would have to. He would have to. I don't know where you guys get this idea from. Right, right. You know? Yes, you do. Maybe he's giving himself a little credibility by kind of slyly pretending he doesn't know. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe it might help. Yeah, I don't know. I like that he addresses it, though, by saying... Yeah, it's kind of fun. By saying, you're dumb, that's not right. <laughs> The bottom line is nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows. No, nothing would happen. It wouldn't matter. No. Well, I just don't think anybody actually knows what I would do happen. Know. You do? Nothing bad would happen. It would be okay. fine. Okay. Furthermore, he says that he was selected for this specific mission because his paternal grandfather was directly involved with the assembly and programming of the 5100. He claims that his time machine is placed into a 1967 Chevrolet. Now. I've heard 1967 Chevrolet and Chevrolet Corvette. Mm-hmm. So some things I read said Corvette, some did not. They just said Chevy. I mean, so. the pictures I've seen, it's definitely not a Corvette. No. Like the 67 Corvette was like probably one of the coolest ones. Right. Yeah. The Stingray. Yeah. I mean, that's like a pretty cool looking car. It is. It is. You're not going to put a time machine in that thing. You can't even hardly fit two people in it. No. Uh, He sold the Chevy 
because it was drawing too much attention and opts for a 1987 four-wheel drive truck. He further explains that the time travel device can be removed and reinstalled into another vehicle with relative ease. Okay. I don't see why not. I, I guess. I just, that seems like... It's just a big heavy box. Yeah, that is true. nuclear fusion reactor in it and two black holes. I mean, no, no problems at all there. I, I see nothing wrong with that. So, but my question is, does it not connect to anything in the car? I would say... Like, you don't have to plug one wire into the engine just so you, like, everything's together? You just plop it down in whatever... So what's, what's to stop you from going to your shed, getting your wheelbarrow, plopping this thing in the back of your wheelbarrow, and away you go? Uh, nothing other than, like you said, that the exterior, the, the car acts as a little bit of a shielding. The exterior environment is a little, you know, rough. Gotcha. A little bit of radiation. Oh, well. A little I'm, UV light. I mean, you should be a little bit you know, concerned about that. Probably. No isolation from the environment. I gotcha. Okay. I sp- suppose you just put yourself in a, you could just get in like a big <laughs> freezer chest with it. Yes. As long as there's food in there. Yeah. And it's not frozen. <laughs> We're in good shape. As long as there's an ice cream cake in there, I'm down. It sounds much better than my wheelbarrow, except <laughs> I feel like there'd be limited amount of air well, in, he said that too. in the freezer. Well, that would be, yeah. Like even more limited amount of air in a freezer. Take a scuba tank with you. Compressed oh air, like you said. <sighs> Time travel is getting complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Time Traveler Zero said that the time machine contained the following. You're going to want to listen to this. I'm listening. I know. Your ears are wide open. Two magnetic housing units for the dual micro singularities, an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro singularities, mm-hmm. a cooling and x-ray venting system, gravity sensors, or a variable gravity lock, four main cesium clocks, Those are atomic clocks, three main computer units. Does all of this together equal time travel for you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. Not, it does? Yeah, hmm. it actually does. Hmm. I can get into that if you want. <laughs> I mean, not really, because this is a very long episode. Yeah, but this is like... There's, I gotta get into this at some point. You, you, because there's can. some like new, as of just a few months ago, like relevant information to keep this. This is not all that far off of what what we know now would possibly constitute somewhat of a time traveling machine. Okay, so you like this? Oh, it's cool as shit. Okay. <laughs> you said all this other stuff. You're like, it's cool as fuck, man. <laughs> it is. <laughs> This rocks. I like this guy. Yeah, I mean, like, they should make... This This would be, like, the coolest movie time machine, like, ever. I feel like they did this, and it was in the back of a cool car. Mm, you don't like the this DeLorean? This is way cooler. Oh, okay. In my opinion. All right. I guess that I feel like there are a few people in the world that would be able to call you out if you were lying about this right there's plenty of people right yeah. so i mean it's pretty ballsy of him to like put all this out there because people could have easily been like you're so full of shit this doesn't make sense you're just putting words together yeah you know uh, i don't think he's i'd say it's decent science fiction at at worst okay <laughs> 
So believable science fiction. Okay. So, I mean, I like that, though, because I like that you took a look at that list of ingredients Mm -hmm. for this time machine and you were like, yeah, rather optimistic. I mean, there's definitely a few things in there. I don't know what they are because I don't think they exist. (laughs) But they sound. Oh, and I don't mean like they the words are cool sounding. I mean like okay, if you could make them, hold on, those would be what you would use to do something. When like I was that. reading these off, you were shaking your head like you knew what they all. Well, were. I do kind of, I do know what they are in like theory. No, oh, okay. Yeah. But the thing is, is I don't think anyone's made a lot of this yeah. stuff. But a lot of the other stuff, clearly, it's been done. The only thing I knew was three main computers. The biggest <laughs> red flag to me is the X-ray vent. A cooling and x-ray venting system. Yes, the x-ray venting system is not make sense. Okay, you know, one out of six ain't bad. (laughs) He also posted several pictures of the inside of the car, showing a large device in the rear seat. Along with those, he posted a few schematics for the time machine, as well as a picture of a laser pen that's beam is seemingly bending mm-hmm. while Time Traveler Zero holds it while sitting in the car. Uh-huh. Let's, and traveling. Let's take a look at those pictures now. First, let's take a look at the two photos of what he claims to be the time machine installed into the rear seat of the car. Yeah. So there's one picture of uh-huh. the box, and I think this is from the manual. Mm-hmm. Um, the manual. See, there's the two the singularities box. right next to each other. Uh, there's some really nice yellow and black units. stripey tape denoting danger. Uh, this bears to me quite a resemblance to the Ghostbusters containment <gasps> unit. It really does. Whether it be the portable or the biggin. I think it's it looks like the portable one. If you yeah. strap that shit on your back, you're ghost busted. Well, I mean like the trap. It's kind of like yeah. the trap. Yeah, but still. Yeah. yeah. It does look like the trap. It, it reminds me of it. It doesn't look like it. it but actually, it just has a lot of the motif. It's a long skinny box with a bunch of gadgets in it, yeah. some black and yellow tape. Now, I imagine this box danger. would be quite large. But it also has like a curly phone thing coming off of it, like a phone cord. And That's old the pendant. I don't know what that is. What it looks like is a CB That's radio. How you control it. Oh, you just push that button. There's some other stuff on there. I think he goes into that somewhere a little bit. What it has on it, the functions it has. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Here's another picture. Mm-hmm. And this is a color photo of the inside of the Chevy. And I'm a little confused by the inside of the Chevy. I want to point out a few things. Mm. So what it looks like that we're looking at is the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. This is where the driver's seat would be. But where the driver's seat would be, it looks like there is a uh, button-topped ottoman. And it goes from the front all the way to the back of the car. And then there is like a wood box with this other time travel like equipment box on top of it. This is in the Jeep. Jeep. No one said it was a Jeep. They just said it was a four-wheel drive truck. Well, whatever it is. That's the front seats. That's in the back. That thing's up on a shelf. Yeah, it's up on a shelf in the back. The shotgun's where, like on a cop Where the rack. fuck is the driver's seat? It's lean back. You think this is it? Yeah. That's not it. Yeah, it Look is. Look at this seat. They're completely different. They are different, but that's a cover. No, they're... no. Nope. Yeah, that's Mm-mm. a recliner seat. Like Mm-mm. a... Like you'd have outside in a recliner nope, and you put that I, in the seat. I have to say wholeheartedly that I believe that you're wrong. That seat okay. is a different color than that seat. 
It's a cover. It's not the seat. It's just a cushion on top of the seat. There's no seat in the world that lays back that flat. Oh, yeah, there are. Mm, I don't know. So what is he doing, like laying down while operating this thing? Yeah, he lives in this thing. Oh, Lord. And this, is it just me or is this a gun? That's a 12-gauge shotgun. Yeah, so there's a shotgun between the seats as well. Looks like a Remington 870. Mm-hmm. And then there does seem to be a pile of manuals or books mm-hmm. on the one seat. I don't know what this is, a pile of eight tracks, maybe? No, that's the, the pendant. This right here? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's got the readout on it. It's got the buttons. It's got the warning tape. I was inspired by this art form this world that this human has constructed or came from it's farm punk where you take a bunch of shit off a farm well you know there's cyberpunk which i'm a big fan of that's where i'm from and then there's steampunk this is farm punk you're like junk farmers and you got time machines yes that you know how to build these items could have all just been like bits and bobs of whatever here's actually here's the third picture now that's in the that is in the Chevy. That's in the Chevy. That's in the passenger sure. seat. Actually, maybe the... Yeah. yeah. No, it's got to be because there's yeah. a steering wheel. Yeah, so here's a picture of it in the Chevy, mm-hmm. and it's got, like, black leather interior. It's pretty fly looking. But he actually... The pictures of the driver's seat with this box in the passenger seat. So Yeah. It looks like it would be, like, like a Nova or something. Yeah. You know? Like a pretty... They're all big cars back then, but yeah. The long two doors with the big back seat, yeah. not a four-door. I have a hard time with these photos just because, like, in this one specifically, this just looks like a big black metal toolbox. Yeah. How hard would it be to get a big toolbox, paint it black, I don't know, put, that some thing's... These, put some of these doodads in here and call it a day? I mean, the pictures aren't that great, but it is well done. Okay. Very, very well done. If you think it's well done. I do. Okay. I believe you. I mean... That would be a movie set piece. You could make a movie yeah. with that. Oh, I, I mean, and it would be good. I agree, but that's what I'm saying. This like could, a Hollywood set this piece. This could easily be just somebody being very creative with some stuff. Sure could. You know? So, all right. So the next pictures we're going to move on to and talk about are the schematics that he posted online. And I have no clue how to describe these. So, Mr. Lockwood, th- this is all yours. So this is the cover page. <laughs> The cover page of the <laughs> um, schematics. Like printed in 2034 with a typewriter. I- exactly. <laughs> That's And you know, it's my thought too. It's like in 2034, we're still banging it out on a typewriter. I mean, it doesn't even look like it's printed with a computer. Yeah, it looks exactly like the uh, flight instruction manual for like a P-51. So do you want to read what it says in the center? Oh, operating instructions for C204 gravity distortion time displacement unit. So it's just a cover sheet, and that's all it says. But then the but next go back. page. I mean, let's oh. not forget the important stuff. Okay. March 21st, 2034. Revised July 30th, 2034. Oh, so they're they're changing this a lot. Eh. Well, it's been revised a couple of times, mm-hmm. it looks like. September 1st, 2033. Okay, so I don't think anymore this is important. It's not. I was being sarcastic. Okay. but. Okay, so here's the next picture, and have a good look at this. And, I mean, I don't know what mm. to make of it. Apparently, this is the innards of it, yeah. not the top that we saw. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, down in the box. Um, and there is a lot of stuff down mm, in this box. It's packed full. Yeah, it really is. I'll tell you one thing. 
you don't not want to be in front of the x-ray vent no when it vents so it does say army model gec204 so i mean i i don't have much to say about this other than it just looks like the inside of a box it's like a cutaway drawing yeah box and it's very fantastical it's pretty cool yeah i don't recognize anything at all that i would be like you know i kind of feel like somebody spent a lot of time drawing this oh clearly yeah Yeah. and then here is another page there Um, it is there's esther's shirt yep i got my time traveling shirt on with it the insignia the army insignia but this isn't the shirt oh this is a diagram of operation this is a diagram of the um dual singularities and kerr field correct oh where's the x-ray venting cone oh that's (laughs) behind you that's not on there i guess is this not just like a diagram of what happens when it operates yeah that's kind of the diagram of what's going on in the gravity when you're running it right it's kind of a, a cross cut of what the gravity i guess looks like so what it actually is is a warp bubble okay except instead of traveling through space you're traveling through time right instead and it just so happens and we'll get into this in a minute that the insignia or the patch on the uniforms looks an awful lot like this drawing yeah specifically with all the circles. And I'll explain a little more about that here in a few minutes. Finally, we're going to move on to the last picture I have for you right now. And that is the picture of the laser bending. It's my favorite of all time. It's, and the dude smoking a cigar. It's pretty grainy. Right. So this guy is apparently in the car. Going for a ride. Going for a ride. But do you think he's time traveling yes, in this car? Okay. He is. And he's holding a laser in his left hand. But my problem with this is somebody has to be taking the photograph, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's somebody else with him. Mm-hmm. And he's holding the laser in his left hand, and the laser goes straight for about a foot and a half mm-hmm. and then takes a sharp bend. Down, down and behind. Down and behind. Yep. It, but in his right hand, he's just like got a giant stogie. Yeah, he's smoking a cigar. And he looks like he's got blue jeans on, but you can't really see his face. You can kind of see his no. leg, his hands, a little bit of his shirt, and like a side view of his face. But the picture is so blurry yeah. that we can't see Time Traveler Zero at right. all. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he's got a hand. Yeah, well, he's got two hands. Like cigars. I have feelings about this picture personally. Yeah, you do. I really do. I feel like this could be altered or an illusion of some kind. I just don't think it proves anything and certainly not time travel. Well, I know I definitely saw this picture in like 2001 or 2002 when I, when I got onto this. Correct. But couldn't it still just be like not the photograph is altered, but th- there's some kind of illusion they're doing here where they've got like a mirror in front of it or It could just be actually a it. water. Yeah gun with light traveling you can shine a laser through water light right like because a actually look up behind his hand yeah, that looks like, looks a, like a black a gun yeah i agree i think it's so fake. that would be a good way to make the effect but also if you did do that with the laser and you had a huge strong time warp bubble around you yes. it probably would do that well but i don't know how you would see the laser beam you can't really right. see it that's why he's smoking the cigar because it's going through the smoke uh... ah that's yeah uh-huh you're right because you can actually kind of see some of that smoke mm-hmm. here okay all right that makes sense to me i think it would have to be a water stream 
with a red light in it. Yeah, and I've seen that done. See, I like that. I think it's fake. <laughs> or it's a laser, and he's smoking, and he's in a time machine, and he's shining it out, and it's going through the smoke, and it's showing you exactly the path that the light's taking. Mm. Okay. I mean, I'll let you believe that. It could be either of those two. I mean, I... I Weighted equally. I would like to believe this, but I just don't. I just <laughs> I can't. Like, everything in my heart wants to say Why do you no. hate it so much? I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> ah, no, what's it feel like to be me? Cigar smoke is huh? gross. How do you like it? Oh, it's fine. I'm going to sit here and insist it could be real just to annoy you. You know what? That's fine. You get to be the happier of the two of us. I have to be the one that's grouchy. I like to be shitting on everything, though. It makes me feel relieved after I do it. All right, so that that was my other question then about this picture was what exactly is this supposed to be proving? I think that's it. Okay. Oh, so it's when you're, you know, this thing's a warp bubble. Light follows the path of gravity, that the light travels with the gravity. So you can, if gravity was strong enough and you shine a light, it would take the bend of whatever the shape of the gravitational field was. Right. So that's what he's demonstrating. Okay. I believe In you. theory. So he does mention that the time travel unit is by GE, but the core components were created by CERN. For those who don't know what CERN is, let me catch you up quick. CERN, or the European Organization for Nuclear Research, operates the largest particle physics laboratory in the world. It was established in 1954 and its main function is to provide the particle accelerators and other infrastructure needed for high-energy physics research. They have a long list of achievements in particle physics, including the first creation of anti-hydrogen atoms, the quark-gluon plasma, and a number of Nobel Prizes that were awarded to the researchers. Mm -hmm, tons. Yes. And a little thing called the World Wide Web began as a CERN project named Inquire in 1989. The project was intended to facilitate the sharing of information between researchers. The first website was activated in 1991, and on April 30, 1993, CERN announced that the World Wide Web would be free to everyone. Lastly. CERN is a member-based organization allowing countries to become members. There were 12 founding member countries in 1954. They include Belgium, Denmark, France, Germany, Greece, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, United Kingdom, and Yugoslavia. There are 22 other countries that are either awaiting membership acceptance or are in pre-stages of membership. The United States is not one of these. It turns out that we have something called observer status. Is it possible that CERN could, in fact, create the components needed to time travel? I mean, you're talking, so most of what you're talking about is the CERN of oh, five years ago. The CERN of today has got the Large Hadron Collider, bigger, bigger stuff. They're advancing. Well, I mean, well, who knows what they'll be doing in 20 more years. If they actually understood it completely, then they would understand gravity. And then if they understood gravity really well, they could probably build 
Singularities. Micro singularities. Yeah. Yeah. And x-ray ventilation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you throw electrons into a, or anything into a singularity, you get x-rays out. So, But you need ventilation. You got a venom. <laughs> you need ventilation. You don't for want that. those hitting you. That's why you shouldn't ride in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> right next to it. <laughs> right. Don't don't do that. I don't advise anyone to time travel in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I feel sorry for whoever gets hit with that blast of x-rays when that thing comes out of hyperspace or whatever the fuck you call it while it's traveling. They turn into that person in uh, Terminator 2 when the nukes go off. And they're like hanging on the chain link fence and they burn and turn into dust. Oh, yeah. That's what would happen to you if you got hit with that x-ray vent. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Except you wouldn't have time to scream first. Right. So if you do think it is possible that CERN could, in fact, be the ones that create time travel, like in our reality, do you think that it's possible that they could do so by the year 2036? I mean, that's really not that far away. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Could it be <laughs> that CERN invents time travel? And if so, and is if it so, possible? Is it po- Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. Time Travel Zero says... Ah, take a drink. You said time travel. I did? Just oh, about. My mouth is getting tired. <laughs> time Travel Zero says that he was in the military and describes his uniform and insignia. The uniform during training is a cross between an army uniform and overalls. The patch insignia for the military is a round graphic of the Kerr singularity described as an eye with gravity waves around it and two spiral paths running through the center. All patches are removed before traveling anywhere. And like I said, I find that highly convenient. Like I said, if it doesn't matter to anyone, why would you bother? Yeah, why would you even make them? Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's highly convenient that he's like, oh, yeah, I have this uniform and these patches, but uh, when we time travel, like, we don't wear any of that so that we can't, like, prove anything. Well, yeah, because it's like, I guess it's prudent. So here's a picture of that insignia. I mean, if your time traveler travels back and gets murdered, Mm -hmm. they're not coming back. No. You're not getting your 5100 or whatever. You're not getting your car back. You're not getting your car back. (laughs) And you're not getting your time machine back. No. No. You know, which leads me to an interesting question. What vehicle did he travel to 1975 in? Because when he got to 1975, he took the machine out of something. 67 Chevy. Where did he get that in the future? 2034. Probably probably Cuba. (laughs) Okay. Why? Because they've got a whole bunch of cars down there from the 50s. All right. That they still work. They, that's all they have. They so raided they keep them going. an antique car museum. Or a country that still has all their old cars running. I, yeah. They exist. I guess. That was not the answer I thought <laughs> you were going to Sorry, that's me. a practical answer. I guess. Um, so here's the insignia. does look a lot like yeah, it's pretty cool. the bubble that we looked at in the schematics before. So I guess he's part of the 177th unit. Do you know Latin? No, but it does say Tempus Edax Rerum. Rerum. <laughs> Is it Rerum or Rerum? Wouldn't it be funny if it said something in reverse? It was like, you are a moron. Right. <laughs> 
don't believe his lies. <laughs> it's almost murder right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And I have a T-shirt that has it on it, which I am very yeah, neat. happy to be wearing. Because I've done so much hard work on this, I felt like I deserved a T-shirt for it. Any other thoughts or feelings on what we've heard so far? I think it all speaks for itself. Okay. Well, we have a lot more to go in the next episode. Let me ask you one last question. So far, do you believe any of this? Well, you know I don't believe anything, but I want to so bad. I know you do. The (laughs) look on your face is incredibly believable. It's just like... (laughs) I just think it's cool. It's really cool. It is cool. It is really cool. In the next part of this story that will be airing next Monday, we have a few more chats. Then there are a lot more interesting details that kind of surface that will help us all in the theories section. We'll touch on just who this time traveler may actually be, other people involved, theories, criticisms, predictions, and one strange link to our previous episodes. Uh, Ah, yes. uh I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. I will have all of the links in our show notes and pictures on Facebook. If you haven't followed us on Facebook, please do so. We also have a Facebook group where you can join and talk about this episode and any other weird things you would like. I can't say what the hell happened, because we aren't finished yet. So I'm not going to say it at what the end What the hell is about one. to happen? What the hell is about to happen? That, I was going to say it feels wrong not saying it at the end. Because what the hell is going to happen in the future? I know. No, you don't. Because I've been there. Oh. You're a time traveler. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll say goodbye. So long. Bye. Do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.